Welcome to the Beauty and Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Shawnee, and today we discuss the B-side of life, love, and business. Hope you enjoy it. This episode of the Beauty and Soul podcast, I did something a little bit different. I have a featured guest. Her name is Debbie. She has a wonderful story. She's an author and a speaker and a mom just like myself. And I've really, really enjoyed talking to her. And she has a wonderful spirit. I know you guys will enjoy the interview. The quote for this episode is, a writer is someone for whom writing is more difficult than it is for other people. And that's by Thomas Mann. The title of this episode is The Creative Process. So let's get into the interview. I have a guest. I'm so excited. And I want to tell you guys about Debbie L. London. And I'm so excited for her to share her testimony and for us to have some good girl talk on the Beauty and Soul podcast. So, hey, Debbie, welcome to the Beauty and Soul podcast. Hey, I'm so, so happy to be here. I'm so grateful that you have allowed me on your show. I'm so humbled and appreciative, and I cannot wait to dig in with you. I'm just happy and excited, and I love to talk anyway, so you do your thing, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I love it. I love it. So let's get right to it. I was looking through your website and everything, and when we talked, you said your tagline was transforming from transparency. And I think that's really, really powerful. How did you create that tagline? Like, where did that come from? like many of the things uh, that come to me, everything really comes from God. Like, even though I am the vessel for my brand, transforming with transparency came from him. When I put out my first book, um, which was about generational curses and soul ties called Residue, he was slowly helping me build it slowly helping me build it because at first I was like okay I'm just gonna put out this book and that's it and he was like no like you have to have a brand that goes with this and I'm like what (laughs) and so it just started building from there (laughs) um, all of my posts uh, my regular posts are transparent my blog posts are transparent of course my books are as well and the purpose of the transparency is to show people like hey I have been through this and I'm not alone in that. And I need you to know that you're not alone in that. If I can get through it, so can you. And here's how I did it. And um, it's transforming the lives through me talking about my own. And that's pretty much what it means. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's really, really powerful. You know, so many people, um, and we talked about this, like so many people see the highlight reels from social media, um, but rarely do you know the stories behind those highlight reels. And I think it's really, really um, admirable for you to be telling your story right there in the beginning. So people know like, hey, this is what I went through. This is the situation. But you know what? I came out on the other side. I think that's really great. It's all about bridging that gap and mental health is extremely important to me and healing are important to me and I feel like especially in our community we tend to shy away or have shied away I think our generation we're pulling out of that more but we have shied away from getting the help that we needed and we've held everything in for so long and through my work I just hope to assist with the movement of normalizing hey you don't have to keep all this to yourself. <laughs> you can let it out. You can be free in whatever manner that you choose to. And you can live the life that you've always wanted to in mental, spiritual, and emotional peace and freedom. Yeah, yeah, you definitely, definitely can. Um, so I want to give you some time to just, you know, tell everybody about yourself and okay. about your background. I am born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Born at Grady, for those who are raising their eyebrow at me. And <laughs> if I say, oh, I'm from Atlanta, they're like, no, you're not. Well, I was born at Grady. And then they're like, oh, never mind. She's authentic. <laughs> so I have to put that out there. Like, oh, I was born at Grady. Oh, never mind. Let's leave her alone. She's really from Atlanta. I know. Um, my, well, it's funny. <laughs> Being an author, speaker, that was not what I intended to do ever. When I went to Shaw University, Shaw U, uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina for undergrad, my bachelor's was in psychology. And I knew in my mind, hey, I'm going to be a psychologist because I knew I wanted to help people. I always knew that from the things I experienced growing up, just studying the mind and how it worked and why people were the way they are. I was like, yes, I'm going to be a psychologist. This is what I'm going to do. And God was like, no, you're going to write. And I was like, no, I'm not. So let me finish getting my degrees. Thank you. (laughs) And then I moved on and I actually went to Mercer University for one year (laughs) to get my license in professional counseling. And there was nothing wrong with the courses themselves. It was just something in me was like, I'm not supposed to be helping people in this way um, through this avenue. And so I stopped there and then I got my master's um, in public administration because now I'm like, well, if that's not how I want to help people, maybe I just need to climb the corporate ladder. And then God's like, well, you're going to be unfulfilled while you're trying to do that because it's not what I told you to do. And I'm like, Lord, leave me alone. I'm not writing. And then it really did get to a point where I was unfulfilled working and he was like, I told you to write. And so I was like, fine, I'll do it. And I started writing my first book, and that was in 2016, <laughs> I believe. And I started writing and just letting the words flow. And it was a, every time I write anything, it's a healing experience for me. But I realized all of my experiences are not even for me to begin with. Like sometimes I'm like, man, why is all this stuff happening? And then a few days later, he'll send me someone going through the exact same thing to you know pour into them so anyways this was not my plan at all but you know as they say our plans are 
you know, nothing compared to the plans that God has for us. And I'm just happy to finally be in a place and in a space where I'm embracing what he wants me to do. And I'm no longer in the driver's seat and I'm allowing him to just use me um, as a vessel to help and heal his people. But no, it wasn't always this way. And even after my first book, I still didn't embrace being an author. It was even hard for me to say it. And I'm big on affirmations. And I even had an affirmation where I had to say I'm an author to myself to get used to Mm -hmm. it. Because I'm like, this is what he calls me to be. I can't keep rejecting what he's calling me to do. Because it obviously comes natural. But just because because it wasn't my plan, I couldn't, I couldn't deal. You know, and it's hard for a lot of us to release that control and relinquish what it is that we thought would be best for us in exchange for his best for us. So that's pretty much how I came to this. And a lot of my experiences from childhood and um, my recent divorce are included in my writings and just my journey as a whole, that my week to week, day to day, yearly journey, uh, I just put it all out there for people. Wow. Wow. That's, that's powerful. Um, and, and so commendable, you know, I I feel like, uh, my story is very similar. I I tried to run from, uh, singing for, for years until, um, literally God put me in a car and and had an accident happen to me. And the first thing I heard him say was, you didn't do what I told you to do. You know, it's funny how God does that. Right. Like just push you in the middle of <laughs> and just push you in the middle of a storm or a big situation just to wake you up, you know. Um, but I'm grateful for that situation because it did get me back on track when it, it came to music. And I think that's really, really um a story that a lot of people need to hear just like yours. You know, everybody has different situations or things that they they know that they are called to do, but they run from them because for whatever reason, sometimes we may feel like we're not qualified to do it. Um, in my case, I felt like I didn't, I knew I was good, but I wasn't comfortable being good. I was always comfortable. I was always comfortable being in the background. Like, you know, like, let me, let me just sing. Let me just sing. Um, background. I don't, I don't need to lead. I'm okay. I'm okay. But you know, sometimes you're called to lead and that's, that's what, you're supposed to do, you know, just like you, you were called to be an author to share your stories and in, in um, written form and speak about it, you know. So I think that's really, really great that you went ahead and pursued it, you know. So you talked about your your book, your book, and you talked about how you, you know, um, incorporated a lot of different things in your book. Um, what was your writing process like? For my writing process, for the first book, it was Residue, Surviving and Overcoming the Stains of Generational Curses and Soul Ties. And my second book that recently came out in May, it is Your Facade is Showing, A Divorcee's Perspective on Accepting Relationship Red Flags the First Time. And my writing process with Residue, I literally carried a notebook just a regular spiral notebook everywhere with me. And I would just, whatever was in my heart, I just wrote it. And I just wrote. And I didn't worry about structure. I didn't worry about an outline or what it should look like. I just let whatever it is that God wanted pour for me without any expectation 
or any limitations on what I was writing. So I just wrote. And then I would, um, he would wake me up in the middle of the night or just randomly, I'll be in the grocery store. He was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Save this for later. Like a topic that I needed to elaborate on, whatever that may be. And I would literally wake up out of my sleep and I would be unsettled <laughs> because he's like, I'm not gonna let you go back to sleep until you write this down. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm writing it. So I use my notebook phone and of course I use the computer and I, I use Word when I'm writing my books. So I transfer everything to Word. But as I wrote, structure came on its own. Like, oh man, you need a chapter on this. Okay, you need a chapter on this. And then the topics started creating themselves as I wrote. So it's important to just start somewhere because a lot of people I know they're like, dang, how did you write books? How did you do this? And I, I was like, I just wrote. And they're like, man, you know, I have so much, you know, that I already have written, but I don't know. Like most of the time they're second guessing themselves and questioning if it's even good enough. They're um beating themselves up over content or comparing themselves to other authors. When at the end of the day, whatever it is that you're giving, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, that's for someone else. So the audience is for, that is exactly who it's for. So we have to stop getting so caught up in, man, I don't know if this is good enough. And admittedly, I won't jump on y'all too much. I felt the same way with my first book. I was terrified and scared when I released it because I was like, man, people are going to be like, yo, your family crazy. And this girl don't know who she, what she's talking about. Who does she think she is? Uh, she is not an expert in this you know, area or whatever. She's not qualified, yada, yada, yada. I was very terrified of that. But now with my second book, um, my process is a little bit different. Um, I have very messy handwriting, like horrible handwriting in every way. So I did not do a notebook this time because it was a struggle for me to transfer the stuff from my notebook to Word because I was like, dang, what am I trying to say? What is that saying? I was trying to decipher it. Like, what word is that? What am I even trying to say in this paragraph? So to eliminate all of that on my own part, I just use my phone and I would just write in the notes section of my phone. I would do voice recordings while I'd be driving to work and let it uh, transcribe itself. And then just writing straight to word. And with this book, instead of being so overly concerned with what people thought, this one is more, even more raw than my first one. Because I'm like, look, I'm an author. This is what I do. And I don't care what y'all think. Because the audience is for is who it's for. And I think if a lot of other people had that attitude of not being concerned with perception and judgment or if it's good enough and just did it and said, hey, if you don't like it, at school, But there is somebody that does and that is for. So I say just write. Let it flow freely from your heart. Um, ask God to lead you or the universe, whatever you call him, whatever your preference is, and allow him to lead you. And he really will, because if he's places on your heart, it's supposed to come forth. You're the only holdup, to be honest. So write, write, and write. That is so, so true. And you don't even know that everything you said helped me because I've been writing a book. I feel like, I felt like I was finished. Um, but I felt like I had a couple more chapters in me, but I've just been kind of like hesitant 
to finish those chapters for whatever reason. Uh, but that definitely was what I needed to hear so that I can go ahead and get it finished and out to the world. So thank you for that. Okay, so working in your purpose, as we both know, you know, can be very lonely at times. And I think it's really, really um, good and important for people to build genuine connections, you know, while they're working in their purpose or even while they're discovering their purpose, because um, it's hard. <laughs> it's really, really, really hard. You know, um, I think a lot of people think that uh, once you do, you start working in your field or whatever it is that you're supposed to do, that everything is just going to fall into place. It's going to be easy breezy. But no, it's like, you know, it's a new level. So sometimes they're new devils, you know. So I want to talk about friendship and entrepreneurship and like how has your friends helped you along your journey or how have they helped you while you were writing your book and discovering your purpose? Or if they didn't help you, you know, what did you do to let them go? Wow. This is actually an excellent question. Um, my line sisters, and I also have actually... It's two of my very close line sisters and a friend from college. Um, who, her name is Dr. Eve Hudson. And she and I went on tour together last year. We had a tour called the Purpose and Healing Tour. And between her and my two line sisters, those are the people that keep me straight regarding my purpose. And I do the same for them in return. And it's so important to have those people in your corner that hold you accountable. And like, hey, is this is this going against what it is that you're supposed to be doing or, you know, that will push you off the cliff. And we've had to do that for each other so many times, like when we're afraid and scared or the times that I have been for sure, they wouldn't let me get away with being afraid. They're like, yeah, you can be scared, but bye, we're pushing you. Go ahead and do it, and it would hurt, and sometimes I would pout about it, but I'm always grateful for the push. And like, girl, you got this. You know what you're doing. Hush, shut up. You're good. You got it. You got it. You know. And it's like, no, I don't got it. I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know who I'm pulling it. You know. And they're like, girl, you got it. Just do it. What's the worst that can happen? Or what's the worst that they can say if I'm, you know, approaching someone about something? The worst I can say is, no, you will live. Do it. So I've just, and it's funny with the tour last year that I did with Dr. Eve, one of our sayings for one of our t-shirts was just put yourself on. And that's how I feel. That's our little mantra <laughs> between my girlfriends and I, as we're holding ourselves accountable to our purpose work. It's like, you're putting yourself on, you're putting yourself out there. You know, and if you're not willing to put yourself on, you know, it won't get done. You can't wait on people or the right or perfect circumstances to happen, you know, for everything to come together. Sometimes you have to create the opportunity for it to come forth and, and having very good supportive people because everybody's not going to understand. Everybody's not about this life, you know, of building and everything. Everybody's not going to understand. And sometimes your dream's like, what? Why won't you just? do something regular. And it's like, no, or, you know, so many other people are doing that, but they're not doing what I do in the manner that I do it. 
you get what I'm saying? So it's like, you got to surround yourself with people of like mind who get it and understand when there's a calling over your life. It's important that you take it and it's important that you do it. And um, being held accountable is the number one thing. Just that accountability is super important. Just, you know, being checked, you know, <laughs> being the checker and getting checked in return and there being no hard feelings and knowing it's for your best and knowing that it's pushing you forward. That's one thing I can say about the girls in my life. Like they are absolute accountability partners, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, in business and everything else. Like just having people that are going to be pushing you. And if you don't have that in your circle of friends, you know, because like I said, everybody's not of a business mindset and that's okay. Find a mentor that can hold you accountable and push you forward. And that can help you with your plans and help you see them through so that you don't fall off in any way. Right, right. I totally, I totally agree with that. Um, like I told you, when I, when I first started um, my business, it was called the Diva Sessions at first. Um, you know, I, I found that a lot of the friends that I had nearby, you know, just didn't understand what I was doing. They just didn't understand why, you know, I was staying up to two o'clock in the morning to build a website or why was I designing um social media ads and things like that. It's like, why just go to work? <laughs> um, so, you know, I really had to, I really had to build a community that I wanted to be a part of, you know, and I think that's really important for, you know, women who, and men who are, you know, pursuing their dreams and, and walking in their purpose that they need to know that they have to have support and they have to have a community around them so that they can have that accountability so that they can have that encouragement when they need it, you know? Absolutely. And I want to mention something really quick. And I've thought about this time. I've thought about this for the past two weeks and it's so weird. I even thought about it um, earlier today when I was flying back home. Like, do you watch those movies or biopics or documentaries about like some of the great musicians or great actors and actresses from like back in the day? And you're like, how did they, why were they all around each other? Like, how did that happen? That they were all like in the same crew at a young age or growing up. But now I, I realize why that is because when you're chasing a dream, and when you are pursuing something, you find the people that are in the same wavelength as you and you build with that group. And it just is so crazy how that has been really on my mind, because I remember watching, um, I think it was a documentary about the jazz musician, um, John Coltrane. And he was down with other like Duke Ellington and some other people. I was like, how? They're from different areas. How they end up kicking it, you know? But now I get it and I understand it, especially as I continue to cl- collaborate with other women and uh, continue to reach out, you know, and work with and speak with other women who are doing similar things. I get it now. Like, this is how you end up in the same tribes because you seek out that community. Like you said, like you seek that community out and now I completely understand. And I just wanted to share that and give an example for those who are hesitant about reaching out um, to other people that are doing similar things that could assist you and to help build you up because there's room for all of us, number one. It doesn't matter if y'all are doing it. Look, I will talk to another author, a self-help author. You know, I don't care. Like, 
Listen, there's room for all of us, and our message is for somebody. There are billions of people in this world. We are all going to eat. We are all going to bless others. So there's no reason for us to be, you know, crabs in a bucket and trying to tear the other one down and be the only one on top. I, no, let's I do agree. this together. Let's I build agree. together. I completely you know? agree. So, um, yeah, I can't even say that better. I completely agree with you. Um, so, you know, I want to talk about... I know your mom, you have two beautiful kids, just like myself. How do you balance life, love, and business with being a mom? Sometimes, oh, I just got a little emotional. Some, But I'm going to keep it real because there are other mompreneurs out there who I know have felt the same way. Sometimes I feel like I have sucked at being a mom. And what I mean by that is I know I'm a good mom on the whole, right? And like, since I'm transparent, I even have, well, my son is six and my daughter is two. So I mainly have these combos with my son because he's the only one that cares, right? (laughs) But I, um, like when I'm having to work on the computer constantly, or if I'm coming from my day job and I come home, to like do what I'm doing now, have an interview or get on the computer and start writing or doing something on my website or sending off emails, check whatever the case may be. And I look at my son and I say, mommy is doing this for us. Mommy is building something for you so that, you know, you know, once you discover what your passion is, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you can do it because you saw your mom do it and things like that. I try to have those conversations with him so that he understands that what I'm doing, because we, I, there's difficulty in trying to have it all, is what I'm really trying to say. And yes, we can balance as best as we can. But when you're building a business, something is going to, you know, be weak at some point than other things. And I feel like sometimes um, as a mom, I wish that I could be home all day and work on my dreams with my kids. But right now, you know, I'm pretty much doing my day job until I can branch off and, you know, do what I want to do full time. And it will come in due time. It's just like right now, you know, going to work, then I go to the gym and then I come home and then we only have a few hours together before it's bedtime, you know. And my son even told me last week, he said, mommy, I wish you could be home all the time. And I was like, me too. But that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So eventually... I can be home all the time. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And then I'll break it down and explain to him. I said, well, mommy's on her phone when she is, you know, doing stuff on the computer, when she has to go to Starbucks and sit for a little while. I am trying to make that happen for you. And it's going to take time. And, um, you know, it does hurt a little bit sometimes. Like, uh. So on the weekends, I try to make sure that that's our time and we go and do some fun stuff, whether it be as simple as a park or they go drive me crazy at one of those bounce house things or something like I try to make sure that we have that time together and that they know mommy loves them or, you know, or I let them sleep in the bed with me, <laughs> whatever, whatever it is. I try to make sure that I'm nurturing that connection between them or just taking that hour just to play and to tickle them or to feed them or whatever the case may be. It's hard. It is a difficult balance, I think. And I wish 
that I did have the remedy or the answer, but I will assure you that it's hard. It's a difficult balance. And don't beat yourself up for what you're trying to build right now because it's for their betterment, for your betterment, and for the betterment of the people that you are serving. It's just carving out that time, making sure that you do have some set time to for mommy time. And when it comes to dating, same thing setting that time, making the time to do so. Because, you know, people are way busier than us with stupid schedules, you know, and they still make time for to do what they want for their spouses and children. And it's just all about time management. And even in dating, like I'm easing back onto the dating scene and it's just about making that time. You know, that person is making time. I'm going to try my best to squeeze them in somewhere at some point. And if they're not understanding, they can get out my face (laughs) because the fact that I'm a mom as it is, my time is limited, you know, and my time is extremely valuable because anytime I spend away from my kids, if it's not, you know, for business stuff or it's not work or just my regular self care, so I don't lose my mind. Like, listen, you got to be worth my time at this point. Like I'm, you have to be understanding that I'm busy. And, you know, if I make an effort, which is valuable time, you need to be making an effort too. So we're, we're navigating to see who is okay and who's probably just as busy and who gets it. You know, I honestly feel like with the dating thing, like, I don't think I can date somebody without kids, to be honest, because I don't think, and I'm not saying they can't, just from what I have observed thus far and my newness back onto the scene, like people without kids don't get it. They don't understand like my time. Like I don't have time to waste. I don't have time. Like, what are your intentions? What are, what are we trying to do here? You know? And I'm just showing, like, I'm not saying let's get married tomorrow or, you know, be my boyfriend. Right. No, I'm just saying, but I still don't have time to waste dilly dally. <laughs> At the end of the day, and somebody with kids, their perspective is just like, if they're a good parent, you know, their perspective is a little bit different, especially if they're working hard to achieve a goal as well. They get it. So they're like, yo, if I'm dealing with you, I'm dealing with you. Listen, <laughs> can we go out this week? Which, what days are you free? What days, you know, <laughs> or do you swap as far as the co-parenting goes? Let's work around my swap schedule, your swap schedule. I feel like a person with kids will get all of that. Somebody with kids like, dang. Y'all, you're not free again? No, I'm not free, actually, because I have my children right now. You know, that's their thing. But somebody with kids who has a co-parenting schedule, they're like, oh, okay, I feel you. I get it. Well, let's try to work our way around that co-parenting schedule. And it won't even be an issue because they're already doing it themselves. So I wish I had the magic formula, but I'd say time management and balance. And it is a tough thing to do, especially when you have to squeeze that self-care in there as well because we have to even if self-care just looks like you spending 30 minutes in the morning just being just meditating and relaxing whatever that self-care looks like and that too making sure it's something that you schedule and that's a part of your everyday life you know because we can't give and give and give and give and give and not replenish ourselves and that's something I've had to learn as I go through this rediscovery journey so time management and balance ladies well, thank you so much for your time, Debbie. It was really a pleasure chatting with you. Um, but before you go, I'm going to give you three words. And I want you to respond with 
the first word that comes to your mind, okay? Okay. All right, business. Books. Life. Family. And love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The word that I have is not appropriate, probably. <laughs> what word do you have? The word that I have that's not appropriate is eggplant. And eggplant is the other word that starts with a D. And it's probably because I'm just in this free stage right now. And not yeah. necessarily trying to be tied down, but I also kind of want somebody I can do life with and, you know try new things and have new adventures with but also like my mind is pretty dirty (laughs) i love it (laughs) listen i love the transparency girl (laughs) that is what i am here for all things transparent so yes when it comes to love the first thing that came to my mind is eggplant which is probably part of my problem there you go (laughs) oh my goodness well debbie i can't wait to see how many lives you transform through your transparency um you definitely have a powerful testimony and you have a wonderful spirit and i i'm so excited for your future thank you so much and i am for you as well and it's nice that you know even though you are a singer and you your passion and path is music that we all have similar um concerns or have had similar concerns in the beginning of our journeys and we all have to work through the same things as we press forward. So I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. Well, I'll be sure to include a link to your books so that everybody can go ahead and purchase them and so that they can get to know you from your website. And where can they follow you on social media? My favorite platform is Instagram at Debbie L. London. And you can find me on Facebook as well at Debbie L. London. But IG is where it's at. And if you DM me, I will be able to actually respond to you through IG. So those are my favorites. My website is DebbieLLondon.com. And that's where you can get access to my books, my previous and ongoing Facebook Live sessions, um, in addition to um, my blog. And other All good right. things. Well, I'm so, yeah. excited. Thank you so much for being on the Beauty and Soul podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Debbie was a delight. She truly has so much positive energy. And I know you guys will enjoy her book. So the feature song for this episode is Free Your Dreams by Snarky Puppy and Shantae Can. I think it's important for all of us to get out of our own way and free ourselves of any restrictions that we may have placed on ourselves so that we can do what we want to do so we can live our best life. So I think the song is perfect for this episode. Let the
Thank you for listening to the Beauty and Soul podcast, where we discuss the B-side of life, love, and business. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, keep God first. And don't forget to share, rate, and subscribe. Until next time.